We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Mile High Huddle podcast. I am your guest host tonight, Scott Kennedy. You can find me on Twitter or TikTok now at Scout Kennedy. Uh, over on this side, this side is uh, Keith Keith Kelberman. Keith. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Wait, right, I'm you out. Your name is it at Kelberman? What yeah, is that site? <laughs> Zach Kelberman, who can be found at Kelberman NFL on Twitter. Zach, how has your day gone on this holiday? Uh, another. Another one. I figured. I, fi- I figured it out. I'm like, this is actually my 50th Thanksgiving. I'm not quite 50 yet, but you know, you're you do one when you're zero years old. You, this is my 50th. This is my 50th Thanksgiving day. It's a milestone, man. I mean, my day was pretty good. I can't complain when there's football on, Scott, and we finally had decent matchups on Thanksgiving for once, and the games did not disappoint. I was pulling for Detroit to uh, get that upset. They couldn't close it out. Looks like Dallas was pretty dominating over the Giants. Now we're waiting for the Pats to hopefully lose to the Vikings. But maybe the trip to fan is hitting me just a little bit. I'm a little more mellow than I usually am, but that might be a good thing tonight. Happy Thanksgiving uh, to you and your family, by the way. I hit the sugar rush in the caffeine afterwards, so I'm, I'm, I'm going pretty good good uh it was nice also having a little bit of world cup that's different this time of year as they have it in uh qatar uh as they pronounce it when you're over there qatar um because fifa is for sale and the highest bidders won (laughs) anyway that's neither here nor there um but yeah you've heard me say before zach there's alpha franchises there's beta franchises then there's the detroit lions cleveland browns atlanta falcons etc etc and it just always happens. I mean, it's, it's this is Detroit is playing well. They played really well, and they still find a way to lose the game. That's just how this game works. You can't tell me there's not higher powers out there that are keeping an eye, pulling the strings, a master of puppets out there. 
Listen, as Broncos country, we have no room to talk. And it's pretty sad watching Detroit score 25 points. And I find myself being envious of those same Detroit Lions. Like, what universe are we living in? I was actually pretty impressed. I'm not the biggest fan of his, but Jared Goff had a good game today. They, they should have won based on the strength of the offense. It's the defense that blew it in crunch time. But they took arguably the best team in the NFL right down to the wire. So I do like what Dan Campbell's doing in Detroit. You can tell the culture is changing. Yeah, Jared Goff has been playing well. I, I I didn't watch all of it. I watched the first half, and then I watched some of a Brazil match, and then I came back and watched the last few minutes of the game, which ended up seeing three scores of uh, of the Detroit Lions and Buffalo Bills. But I didn't see if Goff had a, uh, an interception. He's got like nine and O oh going into today. He was he was playing really well. But we want to say hello to some folks to in the stream today. Dylan in the house says, "Sup Broncos country? Make sure you hit that like button on the way in." If you're on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, uh, Facebook, uh, hit the share button. That's a big help. It's something you can do for all of us. So thank you for the reminder, Dylan. And James Moss was coming in early. Since we were having people with little or no experience, I would like to volunteer my services as a play caller. Uh, no lie. And I've heard something like this similarly. Uh, Y'all have heard me read, mention the 2003 Auburn Tigers. Uh, they basically changed how I watch football. They were third in the country. Cadillac Williams, Jason Campbell, Ronnie Brown, Marcus McNeil, all uh, Timmy Duckworth, I think was on that team. These guys are first round picks after 2004. So 2003, they're juniors. And Jason Campbell was a fourth year guy at this time. They'd lost their offense coordinator in, in, uh, in 02 and tried to carry over in 03. So in 03, they're third in the country, have all these players on offense, and it took them three games to score a touchdown at that point i said i would rather take the online rankings for ncaa football or in this case madden take the top 10 players shuffle them up and pull a hat and i'd rather have that person calling plays and i'm dead freaking serious about it that's how bad it was so james submit a resume dude it might not be that far-fetched <laughs> if i was in charge you would have had a shot if i was auburn ad in 03 you would have had a shot how am I supposed to follow that, Scott? I really can't. All I can say is, you know, James, you couldn't possibly be worse than Nathaniel Hackett has been to this point. You know, fortunately, Clint Kubiak looked like it looked like he had a little better grip on the on the play calling duties with Russell Wilson. So hopefully, at this point of the season, three and seven, that they can continue working on a upward trajectory. Mike S. And what's up, Broncos country? Mike, welcome in. Uh, Mike knows, uh, Mike and I already go back way two years. He already knows I went to Auburn and I know he's an Alabama fan. We still get along. Okay. I didn't, I didn't grow up in Alabama. I grew up a, a, a pro sports fan, so I don't have that, that Auburn, Alabama thing ingrained in me for sure. Plus when I was working college football recruiting so much, it was the teams that were second kind of in their area that were the worst to you that treated people like the recruiting people like me. Oh, if they were going to Alabama, you would have given them more star. Oh God enough. Yeah. So, so uh, I don't have all that Auburn stuff in me too bad. So we get along just fine and happy Thanksgiving. Mike Woodward says happy Thanksgiving, everyone to you as well. William Colorado coming in. Um, and let me see hit some, some more names, Nathan coming in. Uh, we call you Nathan because we're not really sure how to pronounce your name. <laughs> looks like uh, Nathafon. No, We've all tried. Looks close. None of us have succeeded. And uh, and Mike says uh, it's just sad we're eleven games into the twenty twenty two season, talking about a new coach. Unreal. Let's get into that for just a, a second, Zach. Um, we're 
11 games in, it's Thanksgiving. I don't think anybody really thought we'd be talking about a new coach, but now we're talking about it in earnest. There's articles, you know, Eric Jerkle has a long article on MHH about possible candidates. We've been talking about this for a while. I mean, it started 63-yard field goal Seattle Seahawks. (laughs) That's when it started. It didn't start seriously until a couple weeks later, but it hasn't gotten that much better, has it, Zach? No. In fact, it's gotten incrementally worse with Nathaniel Hackett. And it's funny, it's like we have a little hive mind going on because right before we went live, you made that exact same comment to me. It's crazy on Thanksgiving. We're talking about a new Broncos coach potentially, but my response to you, and I know Scott, you haven't been around Broncos country that long was it's par for the course. You know, the season's over by October and we're discussing a new coach slash GM by November Thanksgiving. That's how it's worked. It's looking like Hackett will be one and done. And all we have to hope is that George Payton in what could be his final chance, uh, his final swing at the, uh, at the bat, Whatever expression you want to use, he's going to get one more head coaching pick. He has to get it right if he does indeed fire Nathaniel Hackett. He's stuffed. Is that the expression we want to use today? Stuffed? Um, Sacked? Um, All kinds of different things. Uh, I clicked on that by accident. Didn't mean to be talking about plumbing on Thanksgiving. Um, Let me see in here. Michael Davis comes in. That feels like a newer name uh, coming in. Says, Did you see Melvin's Twitter farewell to Broncos country? Um, we did. Uh, we, we talked about it a little bit on um, it Thursday night. We, we hit it. Um, it's starting this today is Thursday night. So it was Tuesday night, Wednesday night. I, Nick and I did it on, on Tuesday night. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website 
are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, just, I thought it was, I don't know if it's good natured. I just thought it was a little in bad taste. Um, yeah. You know, just, uh, you don't see too many people right after the fact saying, gosh, you guys were really mean to me. Ha 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 ha. You know, it's just, it, it, I, I don't think it needed to be said. Just, you know, say goodbye to your boys and say, hey, wish it, wish it could have worked out better, Broncos fans, Broncos country. Um, thanks for the 15 million, 20 million dollars and see you around. You know, um, it, 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 it came off low class a little bit to me. And I, I think he's, you know, I think he's very personable, Zach. You see in his, in his, in his interviews and stuff. He's very personal. He's very well liked, very likable person. I just, I didn't think that needed to be done. I mean, you could say it's low class. I say it's Melvin Gordon. This is the same guy who was liking tweets about being traded out of Denver a couple months ago. Same guy who wouldn't show up to mandatory practice or voluntary because it wasn't mandatory. Um, it's just who he's been. And he might be personable, but he's very immature. He's extremely tone deaf. He can't read the room. He's the guy that can't figure out why Broncos country never got endeared to him. Well, Melvin, this is why, because you're Photoshopping yourself in a white Ford Bronco a la OJ Simpson. That's the comparison you want to draw to yourself on your way out of Denver. We didn't like you because you fumbled the ball every time you touched it. It seemed like nothing personal, all business, but he doesn't understand that. It reminds me of personable in it. Uh, Like I said the other day, because Philip Lindsay's name inevitably came up. Uh, you know, when and I had to remind everybody that he's probably better off not being in in Denver because right now he's on a pedestal and he's been cut by four teams since, you know, including Denver in the last two years. He averaged three yards a carry his last season in Denver and he has been about that the whole time. He had an amazing rookie season and it's gone incrementally down until it went way down ever since. But some of Melvin Gordon's, from what I understand, Zach, some of what Melvin Gordon's, the, the, we chose Melvin Gordon over Philip Lindsay, and Philip Lindsay was a cult hero. That's a little personal. I don't know. I mean, all I know is that uh, he just, he's always been this way, and he's always been this way dating back to his time with the Chargers. You know, it reminds me of did you read when Robert Salah with the Jets benched Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson's response was, why me? I want to play. You know, that's acceptable from a second-year player. Melvin right. Gordon pretty much did the same thing with the stupid Photoshop, and he's a veteran, former Pro Bowl. You're supposed to be a leader of the locker room. This is why he no longer has a job. And this is why, Scott, he wasn't claimed off waivers. This is the reason why he's still on the street as far as I know. He's a little radioactive, but he'll never admit that. It's always everyone else but Melvin Gordon. Well, and no one was going to pick up his – he was owed about oh, oh, close to a million when I can get him for – do you want to play for $200,000 to finish the season because that's what you're going to get offered – you already tested free agency, Melvin. You didn't have the type of offers you thought you might. That's why you came back at a third of the price because you're a running back. You're pushing the wrong, you know, wrong side of your late 20s here. And on top of that, you know, the personal things or whatnot. But yes, Michael, appreciate you coming in green on that. Phil, 
McLaughlin coming in with the stars, breaking the ice over on Facebook. He says, happy Thanksgiving, Zach, Deacon Scott. You're the priest over here. And Broncos country, go Broncos and hashtag MHH or life. Bam X coming in, says Broncos country. Happy Thanksgiving, y'all, to you as well. And Dave Glassman coming in with all kinds of thumbs up and colors and whatnot. Ted also coming in green. Said head coaches should play a bunch of Madden to get clock management experience. There's a reason why nine-year-olds seemingly have better sense than some coaches. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, You see some of these guys, and Zach, I don't know if you've heard me how many times I bristle at the phrase, trust the coaches. Trust the coaches. Why? They, they make mistakes constantly. Now, again, I, 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 a phrase I've come up here with more recently is, you know, questions are easy. Answers are hard. You know, we can see that there's a problem here. Why Why hasn't this been addressed? Okay, because we went after this guy. We didn't get him. We were out of money and this guy's agent and whatever. Stuff that we don't know could play into it. But, you know, a 63-yard field goal, playing for a 63-yard field goal on fourth and three, you know, that's the wrong decision. Sometimes we would make a better decision than a coach. Just because they're coached doesn't mean they're not human. Okay. So, yes, it's amazing how often they choke the clock management thing. Um, it, it really is. I agree with you, Ted. I think we should amend the phrase uh, to say trust the competent coaches. You know, don't trust any old coach. But if he's proven himself and he knows what he's doing, then, yeah, maybe defer to his uh, ability. But Nathaniel Hackett does not know what he's doing. He looks like a, a deer in headlights who's about to get splashed all over a windshield. And he's looked like that consistently. And some coaches have it. Some coaches don't, and we're learning that Nathaniel Hackett is the third in a growing line of first-time coaches who the Broncos gambled on that just does not cut the mustard. It's a big reason why, Scott, I think if they do fire Hackett and they do undergo another coaching search, they're going to look for someone with experience this time around. I, I agree with you. You know, it's almost like strike through. We've done this, and it feels like, you know, I didn't see Vance Joseph, but it feels like it's gotten progressively worse also. Like each step, the Broncos are now at their lowest. It's at like, least they practice good under VJ. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like to amend the trust the coaches thing. Is like, listen, I trust coaches to do what they think is best. I, you know, but I don't trust them to always be right, or else no one would ever lose. So you know, second guessing. It just when people come into a chat and their answer is trust the coaches, I'm like, why are why are you here? You know, this, we're here to discuss this and debate it and second guess. That's that's what we do here, not to trust the coaches. Um, anyway, they're they're going to make mistakes. Even the best of them make mistakes. Why did you take Cole Strange? That that's a second guess moment. Bill Belichick, maybe the best that's ever done it. Okay, I'm not going to say if if we had a hundred decisions to make, and we're going between them, he gets 99 of them right, and I get one right. That's probably what happened, but. On that 99, I'm going to ask, hey, why this guy? That seemed a little strange. No pun intended. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, did not mean to do that one. Um, So let's get into this one just a little bit, talking about the uh, possible coaches. Eric Trickle has, if you want to bring it up or I can, has a long uh, article on the front page of MHH about possible replacements. Um, Speaking of one of the replacements, um, number one on the list is head coach Dan Quinn, is former Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn. And after Dan Quinn, basically his players went to bat for him to bring him back. He got one year too many in Atlanta. 
And after an 0 and 4, 1 and 7 start, they brought it together. They finished okay, and he came back. And he, and he shouldn't have. It was it was one year too many. And after blowing another big lead at the beginning of the season, I uh, I text the uh, the Atlanta writer at the time, and I said, "Hey, go ahead and put together a list of coaching candidates. This isn't going to last long." And their PR director at Atlanta says, "We are you're already writing these articles, really." You're writing these articles about who it is and he's still the coach? Yes. Yes, we are. We're doing it now. Eric Trickle has a list. And number one on that list, Zach, Dan Quinn, former Atlanta Falcons head coach, current Dallas Cowboys head coach. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you could probably like speak to uh, Dan Quinn's candidacy better than I could considering you've watched him in Atlanta for so many years. But I just, if you're looking for a retread, uh, who else is really out there that's realistic? Sean Payton would be my, you know, ideal pipe dream scenario, but A, he's still under contractual rights with the Saints, and according to rumors, he has his eye on the Cardinals and the Chargers, which which suck if he comes to the AFC West. So you have to be realistic in who those retreads could be. Frank Reich, I don't know, doesn't really, the sexy factor really isn't there. At least with Dan Quinn, as George Payton learned in the interview process this past January, he's very excitable. He's very player friendly. He can connect and build his culture. I think the difference is he holds his players accountable, unlike Nathaniel Hackett. And he's doing a bang up job in Dallas with that defense. I saw on the broadcast today, they lead the league in sacks and pressures that Dallas defense does. So I, Curious to see what he can do with the Broncos defense. But two questions spring from that. If they go after Dan Quinn, I'm okay with it, but you have to answer these two things. One, what do you do with a zero Evero? Are you keeping him or are you kicking him to the curb? I would make it a prerequisite for the next coach to come in. you got to keep Evero around. That's what we want to do. Number two, who's the OC going to be? If you can get me Dan Quinn and Frank Reich as the OC and keep Evero as the DC, done sold I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that he has to nail the offensive coordinator hire and brian schottenheimer uh, scott to me does not really do it enough yeah i don't i don't know who wh- well we can go down and see some of the candidates because eric wrote this out who it would be um dan quinn is a defensive guy and it's ironic because his general manager ignored the defense so it was like oh we'll just coach the guys on defense well it kind of works the other way around I need my athletes on defense. That's where I, I can't just scheme. I can scheme points. I can't scheme defenders. That's where you're the better. The best athletes are on defense um, because it's harder to play defense because you have to react to what the other person's doing, which means I have to be quicker than you to make up for whatever it is you do. So Dan Quinn was um, was very, very good in Atlanta. You, you heard me say at the top of the show, the beta franchises. The Atlanta Falcons, I think, are 30th or 31st all-time winning percentage in the NFL. They're a disaster of a franchise for 60 years. It took them 45 years for them to have back-to-back winning seasons, period. It was a, it was a pro sports, a professional sports record. They didn't have back-to-back winning seasons for 45 years. So getting the Falcons to the Super Bowl and having a bad moment of it is an accomplishment, it's an accomplishment. Um, he was there a season too long. Uh, one of his offensive coordinator hires helped do him in, and his general manager didn't help him. Uh, I'm, these are all the same things I said last year. 
when he was one of the candidates. You could do worse than Dan Quinn. The players will play hard for him. He's got a good defensive mind. Uh, play, I mean, like I said, the players love him. Um, you could you could have a little luck in free agency with guys that would want to come and play for Dan Quinn. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Um, but again, you've got to get your hires right. And whatever he learned in Atlanta, he was good in Atlanta. He didn't finish well, but everybody gets fired. Just about everybody ends up getting fired. Uh you could do worse than Dan Quinn. Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at it like he'd be the safe choice if it were to come down to Hackett and Quinn in the last coaching cycle. And they went with the upside choice and the ceiling in Hackett. Sometimes you got to take the floor and the floor I think is pretty high with Dan Quinn and what he would do with this already elite defense. So next on the list, um, I've got so many tabs open now because I keep, this screen over here, I keep open to watch the Facebook chat, which I can't do right now because uh, we're looking at this. Uh, Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator, Philadelphia Eagles. He says Steichen will draw up a lot of attention for his work, the Eagles offense and Jalen Hurts. For me, that's somebody I want to look at is not Aaron Rodgers, offensive coordinator, not Tom Brady's quarterback coach. They're their own guys. I mean... It's, it's a nice way to go get a job. Who's the guy that had Joe Burrow at LSU and all of a sudden he's 32 years old and everybody wanted to make him the next Sean McVay? Um, Brady, his name was Brady too, wasn't he? Uh, Joe Brady. Joe Brady's getting, you know, getting head coaching looks. I'm like, for one season with LSU where you with, with a Heisman Trophy winner and a, a number one overall pick, and I promise you, it wasn't because of the coach <laughs> that happened. It's because of... Joe Burrow and the weapons he has at LSU. Um, But Jalen Hurts isn't that guy. Jalen Hurts is a developmental guy and and, and setting up an offense to his strengths in order to to win football games based on some of the limitations you might have, you could say, um, with Jalen Hurts that I think Steichen is doing a good job uh, and would be very interested. Um, and as Eric says, the offense is explosive and user players' talents to their max. Um, for another defensive guy on here is D'Amico Ryans, San Francisco 49ers, Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, love this guy, always have. Um, he was at Alabama before Saban um, when Alabama wasn't quite back to being Alabama yet and was just a monster at Alabama, just a phenomenal inside linebacker there. Um, but he's had a lot of success as a Niners defensive coordinator. Um, 
and again, another defensive guy. Would you okay going with a defensive guy? Um, you know, depending on who they're bringing with them. But you've got contacts. You know, hey, who who's the who's the next up and coming guy? Who wants to come in and be the next Mike McDaniel's. I don't know. I mean, it's it's offense defense now after the Hackett failure. I'm willing to go with the most qualified candidate, and right. I want to see who they'd bring along. But on the point about Steichen. He's if they're going to go with the first timer again, which I don't think they will. He's the one that intrigues me the most, along with Ken Dorsey, um, the Bills OC. Uh, so I, I would want an offensive mind still. The thing about Steichen, though, I've, I've watched a lot of Philly games this year because I have Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. You have to wonder how much is it him and how much is it Nick Sirianni, who I believe is calling the plays in Philadelphia. Number two, they have Miles Sanders, who they're criminally underusing at running back. So what Eric wrote about maximizing his talents, there are some nits to pick, though you can't deny how explosive that Eagles offense is under Jalen Hurts. Sirianni turned over play calling duties. So he is calling the plays there. Um, I what about game has, planning prep stuff like that? You have to wonder who's the main cook in the kitchen, right? But, it, but at least this guy, at least this guy is calling place, you know? So Step up. learn if you learned under him and now you've got the reins and you're doing well, great. You know, that's, that's a, that's a good formula. Um, for me, Ben Johnson, offensive score, Detroit lions. we got a good look at Detroit. Everybody should have been, you know, every, most everybody that was here today. A lot of them were probably watching football. That's what kind of, we're the lunatic fringe and I'm head lunatic. So um, I get it, but it says the, uh, the lions who have poured some resources into offense is starting to pay dividends a little bit. They've overseen the lions resurgence this season. They ranked 10th in now we're changing it up to DVAO. So, you know, these acronyms, <laughs> acronyms. Um, there's no doubt Johnson is getting the best at it. And then one more real quick before I want to, take this off and throw out a couple of wild cards. We'll, we'll, we'll get some of uh, some of what the um, chat is saying here is Frank Reich. You know, Frank Reich, um, he's a free agent and with six different quarterbacks in six years, he had a winning record uh, 41, 33 and one. Um, and I get the feeling he's really well liked by his players too. Um, had some success at Philly before going to Indianapolis um, and has been a winner for the most part at Indianapolis. Um, and I didn't realize how dysfunctional that ownership situation is there until I started kind of watching the Colts a little bit more closely with Matt Ryan heading there this year. And Irsay's a kook. Um, he may have experimented in a little too much chemistry, done too many chemistry experiments through the years. He looks like he's about 90 years old and he's only about 10 years older than I am. It's crazy. Ben Johnson, I don't think he's ready to be a coordinator. I, I think it's kind of a flash in the pan what he's doing with that Lions offense. Though uh, the breakout of Amon Ross, St. Brown, and DeAndre Swift in Detroit, uh, he deserves some credit for that. But it's a little recency bias, Scott, because the Broncos offense has been so poor. They can't score over 20 points, and we're seeing what he can do with Jared Goff. Now he looks more attractive. Uh, Reich... He would be a retreat. He does have experience, and he did have a winning record in Indy. He did a lot more good than bad, and I think he was a fall guy partly because, like you mentioned there, um, uh, Ursay is kind of crazy, and management's been uh, in flux. <laughs> I, I just, I just don't know if if that's where they want to go. I don't know if if they want to go back to defense. I don't know if Frank Reich 
he, you know what he reminds me of, Scott? I liken it to like Cortland Sutton. I, I absolutely love Sutton as a wide receiver too, but as a wide receiver one, I have my a little bit of apprehension. You know, a, as an OC, I would sign up ASAP for Frank Reich to be the Broncos offensive coordinator head coach. Mm-hmm. Eh, that's where I kind of waffle. I, I think he needs a, a, a rehabilitation year, you know, possibly like that where he can go. It happens all the time. Guys take a step back. They go become a coordinator, and you remember why they were head coaching candidates. Dan, Dan Quinn, you know, you remember why they were head coaching candidates and got the job the first time because they're really good coaches. Sometimes the situation just might not be right. The fit might be right. You wear out your welcome, whatever. Um, but like I said, nine out of ten are going to get fired at some point in their in their careers, um, but they can still have some success. Um, who was I thinking of? I don't know. I got one of my tabs started talking. So I was hearing an echo on you because I had a YouTube tab open. And so I was like, I had to turn that off. I'm like, wait a minute. Am I, am I talking or is it my turn? So um, that one threw my train of thought off a little bit, which is a good time to go get a super chat. Garth Knight had come in here. Um, Let me see where he went here. Garth, where'd you go? Here we go. It's great to see you gents on Turkey day. Hope y'all had some good chow. Uh, Dan Quinn all the way if possible. Um, yeah, and I think one of the comments from maybe I mean, Ken Patterson coming here is that I find this all so disrespectful. This is on, you know, it's basically on the quarterback, you know, with, with it's not really going to matter if Russell Wilson's the problem. <laughs> disrespectful to who, though? Yeah, it's... Um, who are we disrespecting? Again, I don't think it's all... I don't think it's all any one party, but... Russell Wilson's got a contract that's going to keep him in Denver for exactly two and a half more years. Um, I can pay off Nathaniel Hackett and, and change exactly. head coaches. Um, appreciate Scott, you, Garth. You've been super busy on, on uh, Scott. I have a burning YouTube. question for you. We have to address mm-hmm. this really quickly. Okay. Turkey or ham? Me? Yeah. I'm team Turkey. <laughs> I, uh, for Thanksgiving, I think it's a Turkey holiday. Yeah. Um, okay. Christmas ham, Turkey holiday. I um Agreed. I would eat both, but I, I'm a vegetarian now. But if if you know I, I'd go to big enough family gatherings that there'd be both, I'd grab both. Um Garza ham guy. My so. favorite part actually was the sides. So it was it's yeah. easy being a vegetarian on it's like I ate the turkey because it was there, but the green bean casserole, the corn casserole, the stuffing, the biscuits and mashed potatoes and gravy, all that pumpkin pie. That's what I really like. Turkey's turkey put that on a sandwich big deal it's it's no that one was turkey was not my favorite part of thanksgiving dinner so it was it's pretty easy to give up i hear the leftovers calling me right now all that sounds really good i'm with (laughs) you i think the sides are better than the actual main course so i had to just get that survey with the desserts and the desserts david kilgore asking the question that nobody wants to put this out there in the uh universe in case it might come true Indianapolis Colts fans are so unenamored with general manager Chris Ballard that Chris Ballard was trending on my timeline today because Chris Ballard, by God, better not try and trade for Zach Wilson. (laughs) This this guy was trending. David comes in. He says, do you think we might take a hard look at the Zach Wilson situation since it seems he's on the outs with the Jets? I would be in favor of that. Uh, What would it cost? I can't do it anymore. (laughs) <laughs> I'm not I can't do it 
I'm, yeah. I'm only half joking. I can't do it. If the Broncos, if we're talking about Zach Wilson right now, I, I have nothing left. What do you say, Scott? I say a, a seventh round pick. You send it to him and bring him in, and he's not your presumed starter, <laughs> and let him rehabilitate himself and come in as basically being treated like an undrafted free agent. Fine. But from what I saw in a year and a half of watching him play, and I probably watched him six times, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and that's saying something. I mean, I don't know who Mike White is. Mike White's starting for the Jets this week. I don't, I don't know who that is. I couldn't tell you a thing about him. Um, you know, just you see, you've heard me lament about the quarterback play in this league, and I've talked before about what Major League Baseball has done to the NFL as far as passers go it's bad and Zach Wilson they they talk about oh it's it's mental he's got the this this he was what made me really down on Zach Wilson was when he had time he was worse that's a bad bad trait to have at this level if you give a quarterback time at the NFL level he'll pick you apart I don't care if it's PJ Walker or Sam Darnold for the Carolina Panthers. If he is back there comfortable in the pocket, you are in trouble at this level. Not with Zach Wilson. Sit back there, let him throw. He'll freak out and throw it to guy in your shirt. He's terrible. No, wouldn't do it. It would be quite the feat though. If there's one quarterback in the NFL who's been worse than Russ this season, it's been Zach Wilson's. Let's just, have him on one team, you know, why not? The same quarterback room can't get any worse than it's been this year. I guess if you want to pick him up and drop him on the practice squad and let him work his way up from there, he's got his basically Josh Rosen, the dude, you know, that that's, yeah. that's what happened with him. Maybe and, taking and, on the contract though, but there's not that, I mean, it's not a, that big of a contract. I mean, let me see what, what was it? What would he get? Let me see what, Zach Wilson and get as a rookie quarterback. It's still, it's still a good bit. You're right. We have to hide the moms in Dove Valley though. If, yeah. Uh, Zach Wilson uh, that's comes probably, you know, that Zach Wilson jets could be what they take his picture off of there. Um, his cap hit in 23 would be 10. Yeah. And then oh. in 2024, his cap hit next year would be 10. And uh, his 2024 cap <clears throat> would be 11. Um, that's a lot. That, that's that's more than I'm willing to pay him. dollars is too much. That's 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 more than I'm willing to pay him. Um, RD comes in from Canada. He's coming in blue. He says thoughts on Mike Zimmer. Um, Peyton loves them Vikings. Um, who's the head coach up there now? Where is, is oh Kevin Zimmer was gone last year, right? So mm. he's Vic Fangioing and on vacation, getting his, his severance pay this year. I guess. I mean, I don't know what he would come in as. I don't want him as a head coach, and the Broncos have a perfectly fine ascending defensive coordinator in Giro Evero. Mike Zimmer is like Vic Fangio 2.0. Uh, very stuck in his ways, very old school. No, we tried that out. It didn't work. I'm not going back to that well. Yeah, here, I've got one off the wall for you, and uh, this may go over horribly in Broncos country, but if we're talking retreads for someone that has matured, um, I was as critical as this person as anybody because I got to see him up and up close in the college game after being a Raiders coach. Lane Kiffin's a different guy. He is someone I saw, you know, he's hired at 31 years old. And what's worse than not being ready for the job is thinking you are and not being ready for it. 
you know, is being that arrogant. He got humbled in a hurry. He was a disaster <clears throat> at, with the Raiders. He was a disaster with Tennessee. He was a disaster with USC. And then he took a step back, went to one of the directional schools in Florida. He's doing a good job at Ole Miss, and he's about to go from $7 million to probably 10 or $11 million in the college ranks. He's got NFL pedigree. He's Like I said, he is a different type of person than he was 10 years ago. Not everybody can say that, but hell, he was so young. Like I said, what's worse than not being ready, which he wasn't, is not knowing it. A friend of mine coached for him, and I said, uh, I said, what's it like? I said, the impression I always got is this dude was born on third base and thinks he hit a triple. And he goes, you nailed it. That's him. Hadn't accomplished anything in his life, but, you know, hey, daddy got him in the league. He's a pretty good football coach now, Zach. Isn't that what someone just said about Ryan Day, that he was born on third? <laughs> I don't know. I've, 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 I've said that for a long time about, about uh, you born on third base and thought you hit a triple. That's, that's an old phrase. Yeah, I mean, I have a little bit of bias toward Kiffin because he did coach in my alma mater, which is FAU. But I, is that where he was? I couldn't yeah. remember if it was IU, AU, or uh, one of those two down there. Yeah, go Owls. But um, <laughs> I, I just I don't know if they're gonna be that extreme. I mean, you don't want to find the next McVeigh, the next Shanahan, but you got to keep it within the realm of the realistic. And I just think George Payton this time around, considering his jobs on the line. He has ownership now looking over his shoulder. He has to get this right. So if you go for the floor guy and you go for the safe choice, that to me is a guy like Dan Quinn or maybe Frank Craig. Yeah, I um, be interesting to see where Lane Kiffin does end up. Like, I, I think it's getting harder to compete with the college ranks, uh, the kind of money that they're coming out. You, 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 I don't think you can outbid the University of Georgia for a, a coach. The job is more about coaching instead of recruiting and transfer portal and all that crap, which is why guys would like to get into the professional ranks because college is a freaking mess. Um, but financially speaking, it's eight figure contract when you don't have to pay your players. Um, you can, you spend a lot of money on, on shiny things like facilities and coaches staff. Garth Knight comes in green with a super chat. He says, I think the situation with Zach Wilson is mental. Um, maybe, but it might not be. He's just, Playing at BYU and slinging the ball around is very different. I mean, it's what kind of comparisons could we use for him? You know, Ryan Leaf. You know, Zach. Zach Ryan Leaf was phenomenal at Washington State. There's a reason why there was a real argument between him and Peyton Manning. But Ryan Leaf got by on pure arm talent. Um, he didn't have the the mental aspect of the game. I'm not sure that's quite what what Garth meant, but that's where I'm going with that one. You know, this is all I'll say. The Broncos have one quarterback already who they're very much committed to, who might be going through a mental funk, psychological funk, whatever. Let's work through one head case before we take on another. All I'm saying. <laughs> uh, let me see. I'm going to go down. I thought I had one more. Did we hit? We had a yellow. There was a yellow chat in here that I. Oh, it was Dave. Okay, we got David. We talked about David's the one that got us into the Zach Wilson t- down the oh, Zach Wilson tunnel. Damn you, David. Um. We'll find another one out there in uh, this this weekend. You'll get a good look at Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold has enough arm talent and the gunslinger mentality that if he goes on a heater, he could beat you. The problem is, is that's one every four games. Um, he's not good enough to be where he's been. Um, trade three draft picks in order to move up and take this guy. Uh, it was... He was overvalued early, and he got a nice, big, fat contract out of it, so good for him. 
uh, but he's a free agent after this year, and he'll be playing for a contract against the Broncos this week. I think the last time he played the Broncos, he had that long uh, run where he juked out Simmons and Kareem Jackson. That was fun. But if they lose to Sam Darnold, he of former ghost vision, you got to fire. You got to fire Nathaniel Hackett literally right after the game. I said that about the Raiders game last week. If you lose to McDaniels and get swept by him, just fire him immediately. But this would be an all new low. This is the only game left on the schedule, Scott, where I give the Broncos even a fighting chance. They lose this game. Just pack your crap and get out. Yeah, I appreciate you guys noticing that. I thought it was me. I swear to God, I was like, am I... I don't know what's going on right now, but let me look through the uh, chat. We have a few minutes, guys. We're going to get to the head-to-head, uh, the Broncos and the Panthers game, because this is the final podcast until Sunday's game. Um, I did see – I can't get to it. I believe it was Dave Glassman who asked the extent of Von Miller's injury. And anyone who watched the Bills um, – the Lions game earlier today, they saw – as Scott comes back, they saw Von Miller go down with a knee injury. He went to the medical tent – and then got carted off, and he was immediately ruled out for the remainder of the game, which are never good things. I heard knee sprain for Von Miller, but that could reveal more when he has an MRI tomorrow. I hope it's nothing serious. You hate to see him on a cart, Scott. It looked like it was – I thought it was his there ankle when I saw it the first time. Let me sure am I back in here now? Do I sound clearer? Yeah, you're good. I was going off really well, too. I had a, a good point. I'll try and make it quick this time. Melvin Gordon will not be there to fumble the ball. I could make the case that this team is six and four just off Melvin Gordon's fumbles. Seahawks, Raiders. Who'd they play last week? I've already kind of whooshed. Raiders. Raiders. Raiders twice. Raiders, Raiders, Seahawks. If Melvin Gordon isn't your running back. So you can beat anybody on this roster. Your defense is going to keep you in these games. Now, addition by subtraction, maybe you can actually push the ball into the end zone or at least at least not fumble it on the turf you know here's my my straw man to that though it's the coach was still handing melvin gordon the football <laughs> and not only that the coach after melvin gordon fumbled two wins away he named him the starter he gave him the starting job and he bent his knee to melvin gordon so even if gordon was out of the equation it's only a matter of time before nathaniel hackett's incompetence caught up to the broncos all right, fine. <laughs> um, Just saying. I think the Broncos are going to be in every game, but I don't think the Panthers are a pushover. They're three and three no, at home. Defense is too good. And their defense is freaking good. This is when they want to play, their defense is really good. So um, we will see. But let's, since we're talking a little bit of uh, Panthers and Broncos now, let's, let's bring up some head to heads. Um, we're starting here, as you can see. It says NFL's top 10 is green. NFL bottom 10 is red. Um, why is this team so bad? Look at where they are in turnover margin. You know, you 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 hear everybody say all the time, we got to run the ball, we got to stop the run, we got to win the turnover battle. You lose the turnover battle, you're going to lose games. Uh, the Broncos are dead even, so they should be better than three and seven. And shoot, I just mentioned, you know, three games from Melvin Gordon that could have done it. Um, let's look at the offense. I think the over-under on this game is down to 35, 36. That's still generous for me because the offenses stink. 
the one thing Russell uh, Wilson has done is not give the ball away for the most part. Uh, they've only they've only been intercepted six times, and that may not have all been uh, that probably wasn't all Wilson. I don't remember if Rippin threw a I think he threw a pick or two in his start as well. Um, fumbles lost. Boy, we seem to remember all of those, don't we? <laughs> only four. Only four fumbles lost. Well, three of them were pretty damn costly because I just mentioned three of them off the top of my head. Uh, and giveaways fifth where the Panthers will give the ball away. And what's their solution for that? Let's put in Sam Darnold at quarterback. <laughs> um, sacks allowed. Offensive line is not good. 33. 33 of their 20th. I'm like, wait a minute. How'd you finish 33 in a 32 man race? Third down percentage. Good Lord. I mean, this is like I say all the time. I, I don't, I like a good pitching duel. This isn't a good pitching duel. This is bad offense. This is, this is guys that can't swing the bat. I bet we're going to see a little more green come in this direction though. This isn't a pitching duel. This is the bird that Randy Johnson destroyed that one time. Just a lifeless carcass. Two of them battling it out for to see who's uh, who can suck the least. It's can you go up for a second, Scott? I think it was the twenty fifth ranked offense for the Panthers in scoring versus the thirty second ranked scoring offense with the Broncos. If there's ever a game where you want to put bleach in your eyeballs, it's this Sunday <laughs> afternoon. Yeah, don't try that at um, home though. And somehow these guys ran for, you know, 220 yards. Dante Foreman, who was working in his, like, launching his trucking company, is rushed for, like, 500 yards in the last four games. Um, but, yeah, a lot of red there. Um, net passing yards is low. That could go up with Darnold throwing the ball. Um, but, again, watch that had intercepted number go up, too. It's just 10 right now. Um, that one... You could go up. He's probably. I, I would bet now he's going to throw for more than 175. I'll take my over on that and probably throw probably throw one to the wrong team as well. Or at least wonder what the over under is on punts because it's the 32nd versus the 31st ranked uh, third down offense. A lot of punts coming up on Sunday. Net yards per game, uh, 302 yards per play, and see that's the one I really like is uh, the yards per play. Um, cause that shows your efficiency as well. And you're third in the league in, in yards per play. You're not just grinding the game out, limiting possessions. Uh, you're actually stopping people and getting them off the field. Uh, unfortunately they're getting a lot more possessions cause you're going three and out all the time because you are 31st in the NFL in third down percentage. You don't convert third downs. Um, net passing yards per game is they, they don't throw the ball and you don't give up many yards. That's pretty good. Um, where you're not getting a ton right now is turnovers. Is your your twenty yeah. second and twenty first in uh, for for twenty fourth overall in takeaways. Panthers don't take it away that much either, and both teams are about middle of the pack for for sacks and third down and red zone percentage defense. Man, <laughs> where we've got low scoring games. I can't score when I get in the red zone, but at least my defense doesn't let them score either. So it's uh, it's pretty ugly. Special teams, good special teams units for Carolina Panthers. Uh, I'm not going to read through all those. You can see them. Penalties, 83rd is still 32nd. And the opponent penalties committed means they are, have committed, you've committed the most, and 
you've had the second most committed against you. A hundred, we'll just call it 160. 160 penalties in 10 games. Good Lord, that makes for some bad football. I mean, that's just stopping the game constantly to call a penalty on somebody. So it's been, it has been tough. It has been tough. So anything out there, you know, that we didn't already hit on that jump out at you, Zach? One team is on an interim coach, though. They have the excuse of being undisciplined. You know, Carolina, what's the Broncos' excuse? They have a first-time coach, but, you know, really they've been bad with penalties the, the entire year. Yeah, and it's it's pretty sad how the Broncos, um, the defensive rankings have fallen off just because of that Raiders game. And that was far and away the, de- the defense's worst effort of the season. And no, it's not coincidental that the sacks and the takeaways went down when Gregory went on IR. When he comes back, he's the only one that can really take the ball away. But, Scott, that has been my one gripe about Evero's defense. They're very stout. They don't break very often, but they're not taking the ball away enough. They're not mm-hmm. making those game-changing plays happen. Too much of the Fangio error coming back. I, I think... But they're forcing, to me, I'd have to look it up. My gut feeling, I call it, you know, see to the pants analytics. My feeling is that they're getting the guys off the field. Like there's more possessions in the game. They're, they're forcing more punts. Um, they're not taking the ball away, but they're forcing, they're forcing more punts. There's the, the Broncos are getting more possessions. They're just not doing anything with it on offense. You know, this is the one of the, one of the things I'll, I'll disagree with, uh, with Chad on a lot, he's like, well, you know, came down again and the, the Broncos defense, they couldn't get it done at a 10th of the league. Man, you give up 16 points. They're on the field constantly They're on as the well. field constantly. The other team is supposed to score some points. Right. I mean, every there's very few shutouts. You're second in the league in points given up. The defense is doing its job, and if they could get any help from the offense, we'd <laughs> realize just how damn good this defense was, even if they were just bad. This was a bad offense. This team would be seven and three. Instead, it's historically horrendous. Just working your way up from historically horrendous to bad. And you're you're seven and three. So Patrick coming in. Patrick uh, coming in with the support, and he supports all of us with uh with with the coffee at lioncoffee.com. Again, uh YouTube, this is not an ad. This is just a shout out to a friend. So lioncoffee.com, tell them MHH sent you. Good stuff. Garth Knight coming in. Um, I would like to see this, which which one that you were responding to. I see Tilly in here. Tilly says, uh, of course, you can draft to get talent you need, then costs will be abated. Too bad they traded away so many draft picks. He's talking about um, the, try, trying to build a team around Wilson as a cost. So much salary cap went to Wilson, you can't afford it. Um, it there's more available than you think. Um, and, and Garth says that trying to uh, – so much salary went into Wilson. You can't afford it. Gents, your thoughts on this. Okay, well, that's what he did. I was like, this sounds familiar. Garth supered Tilly. So he took care of that for me. Um, so thanks, Garth. <clears throat> um, how much better would this team be with three good interior linemen, Zach? A lot. They'd have at least a few more victories under their uh, under their belt. But again, it's they'd be limited, I think, by the incompetence of Hackett. But you're right. It all starts with the offensive. I see the point you're trying to make. Th- those are cheap. The, 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 the point I'm trying to make is interior linemen are cheap. Um, I think this team would be, again, you could go from awful to bad and you, you'd be in the playoffs this year. Um, no doubt in my mind, you know, just from 16 to 20 points, 
20 is still not good. Let me see. What what if you went to 20 points? ESPN, Maybe nine and one. Right I, like the, I like the way ESPN sorts their uh, their stats. So I go. I, I use I do use ESPN for my stats. Or eight and two at worst if they score 20 points. Yeah. So if their points per game, 20 points. Puts you the only thing they don't do is they need a ranking on it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. It's twenty second. Twenty points is twenty second in the NFL. That's bad. You're twenty points, you're in the playoffs. No doubt in my mind, you got a winning record. And yes, I believe, <clears throat> despite all the problems we've talked about. As far as you, you're worried about your head coaching, you're worried about Russell Wilson. If I had good play from my center and two guards, I'm I'm a field goal a game better. That's going to put me knocking on the door right at 20 points a game. Okay, let alone if I get a full touchdown and ugh, touchdown, a full touchdown better. I'm in the 23 range now. I'm in a mediocre offense. Okay, so it's hard for me to say Russell Wilson is washed when he's jumpy as you know one of my cats when something falls on the floor you ever seen a cat jump when there's a surprise you know hopefully they're not sitting in your lap because they tear you to shreds that's what he's like back there in the pocket right now because he's getting killed he's got no time so until that gets fixed i don't know how good or bad russell wilson is could he be better sure he could do i know if he's washed or not no i don't the offensive line can get better for cheap for really, there's money resources available to fix the OL over this offseason, Zach. Yeah, my cat does backflips when he gets startled, so I know what you mean by that. And um, <laughs> you're right, absolutely. It's always been about the offensive line. Going into the season, even when the hype was at its peak with Hackett and Russ, I said the O-line is still the one thing that can bring this all down and hold back the Broncos' potential. But you're right. Interior guys, guard centers, they're not that expensive. The Broncos can't afford them. They got a first-round pick back in the Bradley Chubb trade. If you take a a right tackle, let's say, with that first-round pick, they're cost-controlled. They're on a rookie contract for four years. So you can definitely rebuild in one offseason, but where that rebuild has to, must to, needs to start is up front on the O-line. Two, maybe even three new starters in 2023. Uh, I thought you were going to go with – a competent head coach. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's where it's that's, gotta uh, start. Assumed. That's where it's gotta start. Um and you know, Brandon says, Oh, if we won the overtime games alone, we're six and four. And yep. um, you know, there there was the the narrative when Broncos country walked out on the Broncos in the overtime game. Oh, they knew they were gonna lose. To me, that wasn't the feeling I got watching the game, was they left because they'd seen enough of that crap. That game was horrendous. It already felt, even if you win, you're like, we suck. I don't want to watch any more of this. I don't care if we eke out a win somehow in overtime. I don't care. That was the feeling I got. And that's worse than, oh, we're going to lose this game. Um, I know that feeling. Um, I felt that way in week two. You know, a one point victory over Houston felt like a loss. Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't want to apologize for a win, but it's like the goals that this team has. Desert Creature come his spun on analysis, Zach. Two dead carks is playing each other. Yeah, this is, you know, we talked a little bit about the, the game being kind of ground down against the Titans. But the Titans are a much better overall football team than the Panthers. They're not very good on offense. They're really good on defense, but 
they don't turn the ball over as much. They don't commit as many penalties. They're just a, a much more fundamentally sound in in a low scoring game. They're the good pitcher. <laughs> they're 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 doing things, and then they're you know they're then they're manufacturing a run. Um, this Carolina Panthers team has some talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball, but they're not overall a very good team. But in the NFL. If it all comes together for them, they could be very good. But I still like the under is really, really low, and I still like it. Um, it's the battle to see who's uh, who's deader. You know, that's where we've come to. You know, six years after Peyton Manning decided to retire, it's two dead carcasses facing off. Crazy K feels like this is a a newer name coming in, uh, but I, I like the question: Are skill players overrated? The Broncos' skill players. I think just in general, because we're here talking about lines. You know, we're talking about lines of scrimmage, lines of scrimmage, this, this, and this. Well, I'm watching Justin Jefferson kind of beast against Belichick right now, so it depends on the skill player. But with the Broncos, I think he's asking our skill players are. Oh overrated. yeah, you're right. Are our skill players overrated? Uh, there, yeah, you're right. So that's a whole other philosophical thing. Um, Definitely a few. I I believe in building inside out from the from the trenches out. Um, so, but you can do that for cheaper elite skill players are really expensive. You know, they're, they're really expensive and you, you get what you pay for to a certain extent, but are our skill players overrated on offense? We went through this last year, you know, it's like, how good is this, this, this receiving court? Well, we don't know. Cause we don't have a quarterback and Pat Shermer. Well, this year we have a quarterback, you know, who's put up some big numbers and gone to eight or nine pro bowls, but the, Overall execution and offensive line is poor, and the skill players don't look very good. We didn't get to see Tim Patrick this year. Um, I don't know that Jerry Judy's going to ever take that breakout leap that to justify his draft ranking. At, at this point, you don't pick up his. Um, you do not pick up his fifth year option. KJ Hamler has not been healthy since his third year in college. Sutton's good. Javante Williams is good, but he's out. Um, so it depends on where you rate them. Where did you have them rank coming in um, to say, are they over, over, uh, overrated or not? That's a, a relative question. Coming into the season, I thought we thought this could be one of the best wide receiver groups in the, in the league. Yes, we overrated them. First of all, I hate the term skill player because shouldn't every player have skill or isn't every player a skill player? I never understood that phrase. I think, though, I'm leaning yes. And you brought up one name, Cortland Sutton. I've been one of, if not the biggest Cortland Sutton fan on the face of this planet. But he doesn't look like the same Cortland Sutton as in the years past. And I don't know if he's tired of losing. He doesn't like Russ. It's the knee still bothering him. But he's a little overrated by that metric alone. To me, Garrett Bowles, you want to call a left tackle a skill player? To me, he's overrated. He's good. He's like Melvin Gordon. He's good, but he's not great. You shift gears to defense, Scott. I think one of the most overrated players on the entire roster is Justin Simmons. And another player who's good, but he's not top three safety in the NFL. Top 10 safety for sure, but I think he's overrated as well. Except for Javante, Tim Patrick, PS2, who am I missing that's not overrated on this Broncos roster in hindsight now? And going into that, you know, sometimes the pay comes into that uh, metric as well. The average salary for Garrett Bowles puts him 15th among offensive linemen in the NFL. Um, only one guard ahead of him, but there's a mixture of left tackles and right tackles. Is he playing like a top 15 left tackle? 
Uh, if I go to safeties and I look at average salary by safeties, Justin Simmons is fifth. Um, is he fifth? So one of the ways I look at, say, by overrated is to compare their production. Are they worth what they're getting paid? Um, there's a Q rating, which is what does everybody else think about them and how are they perceived nationally? And then there's a, a salary rating. Are they better or worse than they're getting paid? I would say that they're both overpaid relative to their production, but not so much so that it's awfully detrimental to the team. Um, but yes, I, I, I get everybody. Everybody's a skilled player on there. Um, this is one too. I was battling in my head. Draymond, to, I love Draymond Jones, but he's never really taking over a game like you'd see with Aaron Donald, Jeffrey Simmons, um, even Leonard Williams with the Giants, Quinn and Williams with the Jets. These interior linemen just take over ball games. Draymond will pop every now and then, but he's not been consistent enough in this defense to warrant that title. Well, and you could end up, you know, the, the talk is, is franchise tagging him. Do you franchise tag him? Is he worth a one-year $23 million tag? Um, you know, or do you tag him and trade him or something along those lines? Um, you know, I, I don't, we'll see. We'll see what it takes. That's a, I'll be very, very interested to see what Draymond gets in a second contract, whether it's from the Broncos or for someone else. And Michaela, the Duchess coming in saying, happy Thanksgiving, fellas. Love you guys. Right back at you. Love you too, Michaela. Hope you had a great day. We're actually over an hour, Zach. How did that happen? We just have fun on here. It always happens like that. I looked up. It was at 15 minutes. I just looked up again because you said something, and now we, we just crossed <laughs> an hour and two. So we're going to get out of here, I think, tonight. Uh, I want to hit Randy. Before Randy's we, coming in with some of these stars. Me in the background, the big boy stars. get the, Hey, those are big boy stars because they don't show up on, on, on our end in here. You have to look at them on Facebook. So the Facebook community can give him a like and say, wow, those are those are big boy stars coming in for Randy. So we, do we draft Lyman or free agency? Happy Thanksgiving, all. Yes, uh, that is not an or question for me, Randy. Exactly. That's an ant. There will be – Let's here, here, here it is right now, Zach. Let's set the over-under on new offensive linemen on the 53 next year. Starters or just in general? Just just in general. Five or six at least. We call, I was saying six. That's what I was thinking too. So we'll set it at five and a half. That's exactly the number I was thinking was uh was was six out of eight or nine. There's gonna be there's gonna be five or six new ones, Randy. And it's gonna be draft and it's gonna be free agency. I would not be surprised to see three of each come in. And you can use your you can use your draft picks, you can trade down and accumulate picks, you can get good. Good starting caliber right now, interior lineman in the second, third, and fourth rounds, especially when the bar has been set as low as it is. Um, you can get you can get better. You might want to use a second or, or a high third on a, on a right tackle uh, or your first if that's where it comes in. And then I, I can I can fill in in free agency. But I, I want I want competent veterans and I want draft picks. It's time to to re. I wouldn't even say restock. It's time to stock. There, there. It's, yeah. it's, it's empty. It's you're not restocking. It's it's stocking. It's there. It, you're you're barren right there. Um, and real quick before we get out of here, since you said turkey or ham, pecan, 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 pecan. Really, or neither. I'm not. I like apple pie, cherry pie. If I had a pick, I'd say pumpkin pie over pecan, though. I am not a fruit pie kind of guy. Um, 
Hot but take. I do would go pumpkin on this one. I think it's probably because I don't the crust on pie is not sweet enough for me. Um, I'm a huge sugar person. Uh, and it's almost like having a biscuit. And I need to like lather it in butter. So I like pumpkin pie because the crust basically becomes part of the pie. Um, so otherwise you have to like drown it in ice cream. And then I'm not liking the pie part of it. I'm liking the ice cream. So I'm not a, uh, I'm not a pie guy. Pie's not sweet enough for me for the most part. That's why I do like pumpkin pie better. I'm more of a cake guy anyway. I see Phil and cake, Mark cookies, in the chat. brownies, all that kind of stuff. Give me some cheesecake and I'm, I'm a happy boy. So that's where I lean. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get out of here. <laughs> on um, that note. So, yeah. On that note, there's probably some, I've had enough today. I've, I've had enough sugar. I, I cannot eat enough sugar to make myself sick enough to say, I'm not going to eat any more sugar. It just doesn't happen. It's, I'm crazy about sugar. It's the hardest thing I've ever tried to like give up out of all the things I've quit in my life. Sugar is the freaking hardest. Anyway, on that note, before Scott's <laughs> blood sugar explodes, uh, be sure to follow us <laughs> on Twitter at the MHH pod. That was again, guys, the, uh, the last podcast of the work week before, I guess today wasn't a work day, but it was for me and you, but not for most other people until Sunday, the gut reaction podcast until then though, Follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod, the main account on Twitter at mile high huddle myself at Kelberman NFL and Scott at scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like I'm rocking right now, or like you've seen on this program, any other program on the network, go to huddleuppod.com and check out the merch store. And if you haven't go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle pod, be sure you're liking that page, following that page. And if you have an Apple podcast, be sure to go there, leave your football priest and our Deacon Scott a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every month. But if anything, guys, please, as you see taking below you, subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really does help us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Scott, last word. Last words is a promo to if you're if you're sitting around tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock in the morning, you're up. Catch Thomas Hall in the morning. He'll be here on Legends of Mile High. And then 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern, noon, right at lunch. Flip on England and USA. It's World Cup time, and that'll be a big match. So that's what I'll be doing tomorrow while shopping Black Friday on you know the internet. But thanks for being here, everybody, and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. Enjoy the rest of your week and start to your weekend. We'll see you for the Get Reaction podcast following Sunday's game. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.